0: Welcome to the H.U. Pirate Ship Podcast. Hey, happy New Year's, everyone. You can find us on www.hupirateship.com where we talk about the pirates. You can find us on all social media platforms uh, SoundCloud, Spotify, iTunes, YouTube, we're everywhere. Uh, link and subscribe. It's year seven, and we're coming to a close with episode number 67. I'm your host, Big Reek, along with Hampton Knight from the HU Pirate Ship. Man, 2021 has been one heck of a year, man, and um, just how you how you holding up? What's going on with you?
1: Uh, you know what, man? Twenty twenty one, you know, definitely was a year, man, and you know just the uh, first few things that you know I've mentioned out to the audience, you know, and to the HBCU faithful. Uh, uh, you know, I lost my mom this year, twenty twenty one, and uh, November twenty fourth, to be exact. Uh, I came all the way down to Atlanta to come see her, you know, come hang out with her. And, you know, and and it just, you know, mom's a special man. And I saw like literally got off the plane, you know, (laughs) chopped it up, laughed a little bit, and then, you know, honestly just went to the store and came back, came back, you know, there was paramedics all over around the house and, you know, it was just, you know, surreal, but, you know, Jeannie Alicia Primus Johnson, you know, uh, Stromagrad, uh, Graduate, um, AKA, you know, two masters, three, three children. Um, you know, I'm the oldest, and. And, you know, I have a younger sister. She's a surgeon. She's also a sperma grad, and she's a, a AKA graduate. And I have a younger brother. He's a he. he you know, the younger brother is never is always, always one that don't go to a HBCU. <laughs> but he's a, he is a PWI graduate and a uh, aeronautical engineer. And uh, but you know, she's done well, and you know, she has <laughs> uh, four grandbabies. So. You know, I'm definitely gonna miss her. You know, it's very, you know, it's, it, it's hard, you know, losing a mother. And but she, she was sick uh, for for I think the pre the past three years. But she was actually she was doing she was going to the point where we felt that she was either she was getting better at certain points of time, and you know, it's kind of up and down. But we figured that she weathered the storm. But you know, it's like. We have our plans, but the universe has better plans, and she's up there in the ethos now. But you know, I'm I'm sure she's laughing, and, you know, and probably saying, you know, she's probably laughing at me talking about it right now. But you know, I will miss you. And uh, but 2021, man, it's you know, I'm um, bring this back up, you know, for all of us, we had what uh, we had, uh, we had January yeah. six. <laughs> <And, laughs> We've had, like, uh, <laughs> a whole bunch of stuff, man. But, yeah, it's been a year, man. You go ahead.
0: Yeah, man. I mean, I, I just, you know, my uh, condolences and sympathies out to you and your family. So, yeah, when you told me a couple of weeks ago, I've, I've been uh, almost in shock with you because I know how close she was to you. And like you said, moms are special. So, um, yeah, I'm just happy you're doing better. And um, just, you know, yeah. Um, you know can finish I mean, we can finish strong through the year man so definitely here for you and the other thing is, like folks who've been listening to this podcast like 67 like we kind of weave our families into the show um <laughs> you know because this is a hbcu and, and hampton centric show and our families are steeped in hbcu so like we've had our families on the podcast you know it, it's just um, you know, so everyone's been listening. You know, you know, our families are special to us and especially as it relates to HBCU. So, um, yeah, man, I'm, I'm glad you're doing better, man. And uh, hopefully everyone else is OK at the end of 2021. You know, for me, I mean, it's been a, it's been a, a rough into the year. I will say something positive. So, you know, we like we've we've talked about, too, like we're both big dudes, like, you know, what we'll play ball and stuff like that. And just been, you know, we lift weights, been strong. But you know, for me over the years, especially moving down south, you know, move carried, put on some weight, you know, eating biscuits and all that stuff, <laughs> but been working to get it off. So this year, man, I ran a thousand and twenty-one miles. Go
1: ahead, brother. Yeah, man. <laughs> Go ahead. Now, yeah. I, now, I'm—I haven't made it to the actual pavement yet because I'm trying to preserve these knees. But I am a cyclist, so I got you. I'm gonna get there one day, but not—not not now.
0: <laughs> Yo, I, I, I never thought I'd be here. My my wife, she's been running since I've met her. Before I met her, so she's run half marathons and all that. So I always used to look at her with with envy. But, you know, I could never get the right shoes.
1: Um, (laughs) You know, so
0: she told me finally a couple of years, like, go to this place, let them fit you properly, do all this stuff, get the right shoes, did that. And I haven't had any knee problems, no foot problems, nothing. So and before that, you know, because I got flat feet, it's been that's why I could never really do it. But now, you know, I can I can do it easily. I ran six today, man. So um, that's how I I tried to keep the light shining in 2021. Just go outside, run with the birds down here, run with all the wild animals, <laughs> the deers and the foxes and hawks and all that stuff. So yeah, that's that's how <laughs> I've been trying to keep my sanity and health during this whole, whole time. So it's been an interesting year. So <laughs> there's a lot about us, Lust isn't happening. So hopefully everyone else is okay and uh, finish the year strong as well, especially as Omicron is raging. <laughs> it's like you never in this cycle here, man. Um, but we'll hop back to sports here, man. On, on this episode, you know, we'll just um, just talk about, you know, wrap up football, not going into too much crazy detail, just, you know, for folks who haven't been paying attention, talk about the football program, men's and women's basketball. And we'll talk about the MEAC, um, some was some happenings there football wise, of course, uh, the SWAC and primetime and then just recruiting and how that landscape uh, seems to be changing for HBCU. So. Let's uh jump into Hampton football. I mean, they, they finished the season pretty strong. Um, they lost, unfortunately, to North Alabama, a game that they could have and should have won, and they would have won on a nice little three-game winning streak. Actually, they could have won the last four. Um, no, they could have won one, two, three, four, five, because they beat AT and and then they lost to Robert Morris, a game they should have won. And then they yeah. beat Gardner-Webb in overtime, and then they beat Campbell. That was at that game. That was a cool game. And then Northern Alabama, they lost that game by uh, eight points. So, I mean, they could have – those games they lost could have went either way. So, they finished strong. At least they're they um, they've developing the fight and, and, you know, and learning how to win and, and play in the Big South. So, um, they had a couple guys uh, make it to all South, uh, Big South teams – jadekis bonds uh what first team offense uh freshman of the year um uh elijah burris um man he looks good out there running man elijah burris and second team offense third team defense Keyshawn moore second team kicker axel perez and then the all academic team was brandon richards i think he's either the long snapper if i'm not mistaken so yeah Yeah, they had some accolades, man. And so they got some good recruits coming in as well. What what do you think about those guys coming in? Because I have some thoughts. But what what do you think about who's also joining and and who's leaving as well? Because there's some guys who are just graduating, but a lot of guys are uh, going to camps and getting agents and doing those kind of things. So what's who's leaving and what's coming?
1: Well, I do know that, uh, we, we did, we are losing was it Hezekiah Grimsley? Um, you know, he, I think he was injured, but he showed a lot of promise that year. And I think we're losing, uh, K-Ron Catlett, I think, you know, very good receiving core. And I think we lost, um, uh, Grady Thomas, you know, yeah. the um, lineman. Yeah. You know, these are, I would say value the pieces that we had, you know, but they performed really well. Yeah. Let me just say this about this year. Um. To me, it's like I'm not going to put a lot of stock in that record record because um, if you just go by based upon a record, you know, you won't see much. But to me, this is and let me just give a kudos to Coach Crunny and staff. You guys did a heck of a job. And let me explain this. Let me let me say it this way. The reason why we're saying this is because there were some games we should not have won, you know, and there were some games like being the old Hampton before you got there. We probably would have folded at, um, at certain games against Gardner-Webb, at Campbell, you know, that Robert Morris game, yeah, it got away from us, but we wouldn't have been in that game, to be honest with you. So I felt, I kind of felt like, you know, this year felt more of like, you know, a culture kind of shift is coming and I appreciated more what I saw. You know, now there are some things that, you know, it's like, okay, we still got to work out, but, you know, I, you, I see what he's doing. He's building on size and, you know, I appreciate, you know, because we haven't had this type of intensive approach since, um, I would say, uh, you know, since the Taylor regime, you know, so that's very good. Um, But as far as like, you know, players that, you know, um, Jadakiss Bonds, you know, of course, you know, he he played, I would say, extremely well, you know, the Norfolk State game, you know, he he, he saved it for us to um, bring the game into overtime, you know, and. Oh uh, yeah, and You know, it's just nothing. It's like, what could you say about him? You know, he's just always, you know, he's one of the best, you know, playmakers we've had in a while. But Elijah Burris, you know, that freshman man, good googly moogly man. Mm-hmm. That I mean, we knew we knew he was special coming in, honestly, but. We saw that we saw when when uh, he scored that first touchdown in Virginia Union, and we're just sitting here like, okay, yeah, yeah, this boy different, (laughs) this kid different, and I, I think it's the small pieces that you know that Prunty and staff have been putting together like uh, number 32, you know, he, he's a big guy, you know, what's uh, the Keandre white, you know, he, he you know, he, he's a, he's a tough little guy to bring down. You know, these are the small pieces we haven't had in a while. And of course we got Darren butts in our defense, you know, of course, Keyshawn Moore dog dog you know him and that whole deal i mean the d line i you know I, I like the d line i just think they might they might need one more piece in there somewhere or or maybe somebody to help with that rotation and i really enjoy i really like the end of the linebackers too with king and um what's all the other guy king and Falk them two right there Whew. but you know it's just like it's, i think he has his core and so he needs to kind of build onto that core and you know Hopefully, you know, that quarterback, we have a quarterback that's either on the team right now or as coming in that, you know, can step up. So, you know, so I would say the year in review for football is building, you know, and I, and I like what we I like what we saw. And a lot of the other alums that we spoke to fit, um, felt the same way. They were like, okay, we beat some teams that had some pretty good programs, you know. Um, yeah, I think that Charleston Southern game was probably the only game that we kind of just like mailed it in. But, you know, there was some definite fight to us. So that's pretty much what I got on football right now.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I agree with you, uh, especially about the part about alums. Like, if anyone's been watching the team for a couple of years, uh, it's it's a progression. And, you know, just if you just watch them, just 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 watch them. You watch the team from today to two years ago, you're like, okay, I see where this is going um the team is um big like you said prunty wants size and you need size and the big size you need speed but you got to at least be able to hold up in the trenches and, and have big people and that's um where the team is going you know there was one addition one interesting addition like you never know how recruits are going to pan out but if you look at who P- prunty is going for these guys are all big and you know some of them have some pretty good accolades but the one steal one in front of i'm hearing is that that norfolk state transfer the running back. Yeah. Kevin uh, Johnson. Kevin yeah, Johnson. That he has the potential to, I mean, because now the running back that think about the backfield, man. You got Johnson, who's by everyone's accounts is just fast. Burris <laughs> is everything. He can do everything. Uh, Butts comes in, you get him out in space, you know, he can do that. And then we got the bowling ball, uh, and uh Keandre, right? Is that his name? I forget his name. Yeah. Right, right, right. yeah. I mean, you the backfield has everything. So yeah, yeah, the team is 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 building nicely in in, in the yeah, right direction.
1: Yeah. yeah, and you know we of course we got to bring up Kamari Gray. You know that kid right there, like that, and that kid could fly for a size 200. and he's not just uh, I would say a possession guy. He's a guy. You know, he can that oh, ball. you know, he got, he could, he, 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 his, his speed gets up, you know, and he has good feet. You know, I think I saw one on Twitter where he caught the ball on the sideline and tight rope, the walk tight rope, that ball all the way in full speed, you know, it's just, you know, a heck of an athlete, have a heck of a fine from, you know, from plenty and staff. And, you know, Malcolm Mays, you know, that's that uh, six foot six, 215 kid. You know, he got a got, got a huge arm. You got a cannon of an arm. But, you know, I mean, you know, we'll see how that goes. But, um, you know, so far, so good. You know, I'm really impressed with this recruiting, you know, class. But, you know, I do think that we got some good players on uh, on the roster now. So just interesting to see what happens.
0: Yep very true and then last thing uh, you know to think about just think about next year for football i mean um the schedule and things are, is going to look completely different next year I, I i'd be interested to see what uh eugene and Prunty are putting together as far as the schedule because kennesaw state's gone northern alabama's gone there's some other changes going on in fcs so next year's schedule is going to look like a schedule we've never seen before so I'd be interested to see, you know, how they're going to fill that out and what kind of teams uh, they're going to be playing. So, uh, yeah, just stay tuned for the schedule. So, um, yep. Yeah. Oh, as far as men's basketball is concerned, um, they're on a pause. Right. Because of COVID concerns, um, you know. Um, yeah. So they seem to have been playing better before uh, the, the pause. I mean, they beat Norfolk State. Norfolk State's really good. So they beat Norfolk State. They beat William & Mary. They lost a relatively close game to Loyola. And then that was the final game. But they miss, unfortunately, Central up in uh, New Jersey, the Legacy Classic. And they missed VMI. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, didn't get a chance to play Howard. So hopefully they can get, um, you know, everyone uh, pot, uh, negative as far as COVID is concerned and, and restart the program. But they were starting to look better, man. I mean, I guess the shots are falling slightly uh, uh, better than what it was doing, but I guess it's really about defense because you look at these games. I mean, they've been keeping guys, teams, you know, under 60 on these wins. So the defense seems to be coming together because that's how they're going to have to do it. But how else? What? What? What's their, what are they doing? Uh, what were they doing a little bit, you know, as the season was progressing to look better? Because before those shots, man, <laughs> the shots <laughs>
1: mm-hmm.
0: were falling
1: yeah yeah um you know what this is i would say this is a total different um joiner team that we've seen normally he's uh, he join stay with them suitors mm-hmm. <laughs> um, you know you'll have about four shooters on the floor and a forward yeah right, right. <laughs> uh, uh, you'll have to like uh four number twos and a number three out there <laughs> playing the center right but um i think this team's more of a uh they're definitely a defensive squad you know they're, a, they're kind of like a running gun squad you know that. Mainly tries to uh, fill the lane, slashers, you know, ball handlers, you know, not too many shooters, you know. Um, I do, of course, do you know, is the, I would say, the floor leader there. And, but you got some interesting pieces, you know, with Nesbitt there, you got the kid from Nickel State that came in. And so you got some interesting players, but I just feel like they haven't learned how to gel just yet, you know, and to be honest, you know, this whole year, mm-hmm it would be hard just to get these kids, you know, on the right track, you know, with Omicron and with the Delta variant, and then with the original COVID, you know? So, you know, so just to me, this whole year, it's just been kind of like, ah, you know, we'll, we'll pick up, you know, when we can, we'll see what we can salvage out of all of this, you know? I mean, I do think that, you know, those first two games were against, you know, pretty, I would say weak opponents with Mid-Atlantic Christian and Regent, but when it came to Towson, Wofford, Georgia Southern, South Florida, you know, those were, and the first time we fought, Norfolk, um, played Norfolk State and Morgan State, those were like one, two, three, four, five, six. Those was like six losses right then and there, you know, back to back. And I just think that the team didn't have, you know, the type of time to gel, you know, cohesively. But that Norfolk State game, though, man. Dean threw up threw up a prayer. Yeah, right? he did. You know, he did. And I I probably watched that clip probably about fifty times. You know, and you know, just I think that. They were, you know, at the point where they are trying to, fig- they were figuring out a few things. So I do feel that, you know, I do feel sad that they had to pause it for somewhat, but this is normal. Hell, I'm just listening to the Washington Redskins up here. They're down to their fourth string, I think, uh, guard now. So and they've been bringing quarterbacks off the street. So, you know, it's nothing new. So this is a part of the game. So I'd like to see more, but, you know, until, until you
0: know, we can figure it out, this is where we're at. Yep. Agreed. It's it's a similar story for the women, except, you know, uh, we we, they they're on a three game winning streak, actually. And during that streak, you know, they're starting to look like a six team. So a David six team. So they're averaging, uh, giving up uh, about 48 points a game uh, during Mm -hmm. that time. So, you know, before I was saying they looked a little bit slow and, you know, that's Mm -hmm. to be understood, you know, because it's been a while since they played. But it looks mm-hmm. like they're getting their feet under him. So they're winning the 50-50 balls, you know, they're they're defending. Um, so so it looks like he's he's got you know his kind of team together and they're playing very well. So, but unfortunately, some covet issues there as well because the yeah. recent game against Campbell was <laughs> postponed. So yeah. but they're on a three-game win streak, so they're looking good and Nyla Young, man. like nobody can do anything with her like she is she is amazing man <laughs> They can't do yeah. anything she can't. yeah because oh. she's such a mismatch right because if a big a, a, another a big guards her out on the perimeter she's gonna go by them and then in the, in the paint her feet are so good like nobody can guard mm. her in the paint like mm. she's she's really good man Yeah, number
1: 20, number uh, Nyla Lord have mercy, you know, Kingsport High School, and I say Kingsport, they always produce good players, you know. She's you know, she's definitely she has like she's definitely light on her feet, but she has enough oomph in her, you know, to you know, to play. She can play, she's so versatile, she can move, she can play with the uh, with the littles and the bigs at the same time, and but she her game translates into I would say many categories, and I just like how how Six always finds this type of talent. And then Six, when he gets talent, he always maximizes it. Sometimes he might over-maximize it to the point that he get injured. <laughs> right. But we got to keep it honest, you know? It's, like, it's like Six, I'm mean, like, come on, son. It's like, hey, listen, we only going to have it for four years, man. You know, take it easy on Miss Young. But hey, then and she won, what, Big South Player of the Week, right? Uh, yeah. Or the month. Yeah, so... And she's only a sophomore, too. So, you know, I'm really proud of what she's done so far. And, you know, they just have a, I I, I saw that they were building, you know, even though they had that three-game win streak and it got paused. You know, they're definitely on the upswing. And to be honest, you know, it's just like, okay – there's so much going on that, you know, it's like I can't even take all of this stuff seriously. You know, I don't care more about these young ladies, you know, being able to, um, you know, stay safe and, you know, stay healthy. And same with both coaching staff. So, you know, at this moment, just do what you can. And I'm, I'm impressed, even though, you know, they, they're on a win streak. You know, I know it started off a little sketchy for them. But, you know, if you think about it, it, it's the same way with the men. You know, they lost um, – they they had a bad loss to Richmond in East Carolina and James Madison. Mm-hmm. But, you know, they kind of bounced back, you know, and played better against William and & Mary. And, of course, they let Liberty slip by. But once they got into the groove, you know, they actually played William & Mary again. And they trounced William & Mary by 17. So. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, they, they were, you can see that they were uh, putting it together, same with the men, but you know, we'll just wait for them to come back and it will be some time.
0: Yep. Yep. Very true. So let's hope everybody can get healthy and get negative tests and, 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 you know, march on, uh, quick notes about the MIAC, man. I mean, so, you know, I guess the only thing that really is interesting for me there is the celebration bowl and how south carolina state won i watched that game i thought that jackson state would win um but i, I thought it would be close and at least respectful because buddy pew was a good coach and you know he had a month to figure it out but their game plan was actually excellent um, um they made it nasty you know like um seems like jackson state and, and dion said uh that you know they overlooked south carolina state but south carolina state they just made it messy you know they um you know it wasn't a pretty game and that's the way they um got control of it and then they stopped the run and then you know Sanders they showed that he was a uh, a freshman quarterback and run known passing uh downs he struggled especially with South Carolina State having a really good secondary so i just i you know i just want to give kudos to South Carolina State for um you know, that game plan and then beating uh, Jackson State. Um, what Did you see that game, man? The Celebration yeah. Bowl.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I, I sat down and I watched every yep, minute me too. of it. And, yep.
0: um,
1: I mean, <laughs> I, you know what? We've known Coach Pugh for, you know, since he's been at South Carolina State. And we, I watched him um, um, beat uh, Hampton in Orangeburg. I think it was 2007, I was there in Orangeburg, um, and this is, I think, the year where Hampton went 11 and 1, no, uh, 10 and 1, and they were the number two ranked team in the country. And Buddy Pugh, I'm talking about, just flat out beat uh, Joe Taylor that day. And I mean, I think, you know, but let me go ahead and say this everybody always talks about Joe Taylor and and uh Billy Joe, you know, as being like, you know, the the bulwarks or the you know the chief of the miak, where I think Buddy Pew, even though he has won what four MiAC titles, you know, you know it's like people always they don't want to say they overlook them, they, they they know them, they 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 get it, but it's like they always put Taylor. And Billy Joe, and in in even Alvin Wyatt, you know, up there in that pedestal over that over B- Buddy Pugh. And I think, you know, you know, when he actually won the Celebration Bowl, you know, he was crying. You know, he – somebody needs to give him his flowers, honestly. You know, it's like he did it. You know, even though it's a funny thing, he didn't even want to be in the Celebration Bowl. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's like he wanted to be in the playoffs, but, you know, I mean, Buddy Pugh's record in the playoffs is just like everybody else, abominable. So <laughs> – so, I mean, Joe Taylor is what, 0 and 5 in the uh, playoffs, you know, Buddy Pugh is similar. So, I mean, he won something postseason. So, we're happy to see that. But um, I did watch that game, and they, I think when Jay Walker said, uh, he uh, he said Jay Walker said it correct with the MIAC he said that the SWAT has speed it's the SWAT speed versus the MIAC muscle and honestly it was just the MIAC muscle again you know mm-hmm. You know, because I think the way that Coach Pew Pugh, Coach Pugh's teams have always been physical teams. Yes. He always has a big offensive lineman. He always has a big defensive linemen. And you always have good linebackers. It it's evident and um it's evident in the players that he's put in the NFL the past what 10 years. Hargrave. And of course, <laughs> we got uh the linebacker from the coach, you know, um Leonard. Blank, but Darius Leonard. Leonard, yes. Leonard, yes. So, you know, the man knows how to coach up some guys. So, I mean, I think people kind of forget about that. But um, he was 5-0 in the conference and and, 7-5 overall. So, you know, kudos to uh, um, South Carolina State. I hope you guys capitalize off of it. And I do remember um, last year at this time, uh, it was a little bit before this when Alabama A&M had beat them in Orangeburg. And the first thing they were saying, oh, the swack is done. The swag is done. The swack is done. Now, I'm not in the about The MEAC is done. The MEAC is done. It's over. Talking trash, okay. too. Yeah, they're talking all the trash. Now look at what South Carolina State has done. Look at what they've done. Who did they beat? They beat Coach Who? I will not say his name on this podcast today. Coach <laughs> Who? They beat Coach Yeah. So, and um, and then now if we go down, I guess the rest of the uh, MIAC programs, you know, North Carolina Central, 4-1. and one, You know, I kind of felt that, you know, they started off strong with that win against Alcorn, and then they just kind of just like, ooh, they just went to bed, man. I mean, they were 4-1 and one in conference, but, you know, they did lose. Uh, they lost that important game, which um, put them in second place. Delaware State, you know, I think they um, – they were the team that was, you know, surprised a lot of us, you know, because I didn't think they were going to be, you know, that in conference around at two and three and uh, Norfolk state, everybody, I, like, I had Norfolk state winning the MIAC. You know, I was like, this is their year. You know, Dawson Odoms had them going in. A, they, they looked different, you know, it looked different than a Latrell Scott team. You know, they looked like they were, they were ready to, ready to play. And, you know, because I, I felt that like Dawson, you know, because he had so much success down there at Southern, I was like, oh, that, they gonna, that's going to be the squad. And then they end up going 6-5, just like Luttrell Scott. And, you know, that's no disrespect to Luttrell because, uh, you know, he is our Hampton brother. But, you know, I think it was problems bigger than Luttrell at Norfolk State. But, you know, so Pootie, only got a 65 record in his senior year. Yeah. <laughs> and um, the other two programs I'm not going to mention because they're not worth mentioning. So,
0: yeah. <laughs> you know, I, this in, Norfolk state thing will be interesting to watch. Um, you know, like I said, we always got respect for the Spartans, but you know, when they lost, they lost uh, three, looks like they lost their last three to close out. I mean, that's, <laughs> you know, maybe it could be an addition by subtraction. Maybe they need to get some guys out of the locker room because there is something there's a virus in that locker room, <laughs> you know, there's something like unhealthy in there. So maybe once he gets all this guys out and uh, you know, gets get some, the previous regimes guys out, gets his guys in, then, you know, maybe he can change, you know, the culture for, you know, to look the way he wants it to look, but you saw this rumors already circulating that he was interested in going back to the swag. So <laughs> we'll
1: see. But this whole thing, I, like I thought, like when he left Southern, I'm like, okay, yeah, he, because you know he's a he's a North Carolina guy, you know, he's a he's a North Carolina Central graduate, you know, so I figured that, you know, he just wanted to be close there. But when he, yeah, when that rumor came out, I was like, ooh, I mean, but it kind of makes sense because you're sitting here thinking, like, all right, well, I mean, Norfolk State, really, you know, they don't really pay much, but you know, it's like. He probably came over there thinking I could turn the culture around, get everybody around me. And then he's kind of looking around like, man, this is some, um, you know.
0: <laughs> no, it's not yeah. the same. You know, North- I, would, I would even argue that Norfolk State is a basketball school.
1: It's, a, it, it's just a hampton. It's a basketball school. And that's what people kind of get up for. And I, it's like, even when we were there, it was I, I would say it was 50 50 no i would say it was 60 40 football and then when after we got our tournament success it became 40 60 well 60 40 basketball and then it kind of went downhill from there but and then norfolk state is the exact same way and i just think the basketball culture is more of a northern influence that that comes down to that part you know virginia that that's big and you know it's funny because football is big in the 757 but it hasn't really i would say crept into you know the the schools there you know what i'm saying and it's like uh, you're right that's kind school. of amazing actually you're right yeah. i mean
0: yeah yeah even though even odu like their football culture is kind of meh you know william and mary they've got their thing but it's not like uh yeah. like what they got at james madison that you're right that's that's a, yeah. a very good point man Maybe they footballed out. Maybe there's too much football. I don't know if that's such a thing.
1: You know what? I kind of look at it as just like a metropolitan type of thing. You know, it's like, if you, it's like, because I was listening to a radio show, they were talking about the Rams in LA, how... The, the like those games don't even sold out the la rams and the Chargers ain't even sell out it was like because there's so much to do in the uh in la you know you got the Lakers Clippers you got Hollywood you got so many other attractions the beach you got good weather and nobody wanted to go to see the I mean people go see the Rams play but it's like so much other stuff to do that you have to compete with all of that just for events. And I think in the Tidewater area, you know, people kind of are around this country, it's not really... Uh, it's not really, I would never consider the tight water area, a country Bama type area. You know, North, the Norfolk Virginia Beach corridor with Chesapeake and Portsmouth, you add in Hampton, Yorktown, Williamsburg, and even though in Richmond, that is a heavily populated area. So there's a lot of stuff to do in that area. So honestly, I do think you know, it is kind of difficult, you know, to get eyes on, you know, you know, at any type of sporting event. Now, as far as Hampton is concerned, Hampton is not in an uh, area that's surrounded by the community. And let me preface it this way. I grew up in Atlanta, so I went to a lot of Morehouse, Morris Brown, Clark Atlanta games. All of those are in a community, surrounded by the community. So the community actually came to the game because they could see people going to the games. Mm-hmm. Hampton is kind of tucked away. So, has like i would say a we're over here in this quiet part of the peninsula and you guys are across the water where we could see you and it's not i wouldn't say it's inviting but it's been inviting years ago like when we were when we were there and before but i kind of felt like you know sometimes that we have not uh been as welcoming to the outside community and norfolk state is the exact opposite and but this is the thing norfolk state community man, i ain't going over there man chokers ain't even winning man yes yeah. <laughs> so yeah. so so i just feel that you know it's like it's too, it's too, you have to kind of figure that out to get the, you know, the community, community involved, but it's probably other factors in there. Everyone always talks about cell phones and millennials. I'm not going to blame millennials because, you know, kids, you know, today have other interests, you know, and unfortunately, you know, sporting events is not, some of them it, it is, but it's not really their interest and stop blaming uh, stop blaming cell phones and TikTok and all that stuff because in the 1920s, everybody read newspapers when they were on the bus. So everybody needs to be distracted. You just got to figure out a way to distract them to get to the games. <laughs>
0: <laughs> right. Good point, man. Good point. Um, so yes, yeah, the MEAC. Uh, Some Anything interesting about the SWAC standings? I don't have much. Only thing I'll say is that uh, I was a skeptic of Deion sanders right because how often does someone come in and do you know says what he says and does what he does or does what he did so i have to say you know props to him for his first year at jackson state um you know and the program that he's putting together so that's my only swag uh statement there man but but you know i i I have to say i'm pleasantly surprised by the the football team that uh sanders has rolled out uh down in mississippi That's all I got in the swag, man. I feel you. I feel you. I'll just say it
1: like this. Um, Jackson State. I'm not going to say his name, but. I mean, if you do the research on this man, this man, uh, I would say he was very successful at coaching in high school and he started his own school. You know, and that's commendable. You know, only LeBron James has done that. So, you know, I definitely commend him on it. And I never questioned his credentials. I just questioned the delivery, you know, (laughs) because I I, always felt that it was a little bit, I mean, it's my thing. It's like, sometimes I feel like I do not want like, and this is me and you, you know, it's like, we kind of like, I'm like, I'm not a loud person. You know, I would, I say what I I say, I speak my mind, but I don't want to feel sometimes that I'm, you know, like a little bit, you know, a blowhard or a charlatan. And I'm not trying to call coach one of those, but if I'm going, if I was ever a football coach, I would never be one Then I think my approach would be kind of stoic, you know, out behind closed doors, I'll cut a rug, but you know, out in front of the public, I wouldn't be that way. But, um, I think that, um, he definitely, you know, he, he he maximized the talent that he had and he did extremely well with what he had. And that was very impressive. Um, I do think sometimes that the delivery method I didn't like, meaning how when he talked about how bad certain the HBCUs were on certain things. Yeah, we know that. Of course we know it. But sometimes it's just like I think when Grandma says, don't be airing out the dirty laundry. You know, I think that has always been the ethos of HBCUs, like, man, we keep it in-house. we working on it ourselves. Don't be out here telling the world like, man, backroom at GSU, man, it's so dirty.
0: Well, here's the thing, right? I, 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 I agree with that to an extent, but I think that sometimes you got to air stuff out, but yeah. you always have to give it context. Like, yes. why yes. is Jackson State having these issues? What about funding? Yes. What about, yes. you know, what, oh, there's a whole bunch of reasons like HBCUs. We didn't just arrive here <laughs> like there's context. And the, and I just don't like when people don't, you know, put things in the proper context. Thank you. You said it perfectly thank you. And I just feel like, man, okay,
1: man, like, I think the whole thing went so in stone for a moment. I, I get it. I get it. But I can tell you, Willie Simmons ain't saying that. Um, Don Hill Eli ain't saying that. Um, uh, Fred McNair ain't saying that. Um, Roger Fox wasn't going to say that. Like, hey, I stole my stuff. I,
0: really? Yeah, he learned. Yeah. I mean, you know, he, he yeah. you know, listen to his recent interviews. I mean, that's why I say, all right, you know, he's 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 changed he's his tune. Yeah. yeah. He's changed his tune. So I, I think he's, you know, he's good down there in the sweat, you know, and I think, and he, he actually did Jackson state in the sweat a favor by losing this game. Yes. Thank Cause it you. gives him something to come back for next year. And <laughs> maybe Thank next year. You.
1: I, I, was so, I was so glad that he lost because yeah. of
0: that.
1: Because. Yep. And, and be honest. Yeah. And like, the celebration bowl outdrew the Chick-fil-A Peach Bowl and it outdrew a lot of other bowls. So thank you for the coach effect of <laughs> what he has done to that program. But you know, let's not let me go ahead and say this. Let's not talk all the way about Jackson State. Famu, Willie Simmons, nine and three seven and one in conference. You know, I watched the whole Why Not Us video um uh series about them you know i think they they honestly they were a very strong program extremely strong program i'm really i'm really impressed with what he has done and you know i do i mean i was kind of sad to see how the season ended with you know that loss to um loss in louisiana but you know it's just like they probably just felt like I mean, that was just a bad game, you know, I just felt like it was a bad matchup, but, you know, I'm really impressed with what they have done, and um, I really like the direction of that program, and I love their AD, you know, Ooh. yeah, I mean, he's good, like, he can handle, he can handle the pressure of being a Rattler, and then, you know, there's other programs, Alabama A&M with Connell Maynard, they had a pretty good year with uh, Kill Glass, you know, that kid's, that kid's nice. I hope to see him on somebody's roster, you know, this fall, you know, whether it's on a practice squad or a 53, he deserves to be there. Or a CFL or XFL or whatever football league that's coming out. you know they lost their coast and you know it's sad because they actually won. they won the swack west and they, they lost the coast to southern mm-hmm. Went three and five yeah wow. wild. and um you know we're, we're gonna be talking about that late uh, later with Grandma state uh, you know they um they actually let uh, Fobbs go and my whole thing with that was you know it's like um I we, we talked about it on the last podcast where they um Uh, i think they said somebody that the program was crumbling and this guy brought stability to the program and they just let him go well this is my whole thing they brought in hugh jackson hugh jackson i'm sorry and you know he's a definite x's and o's guy you saw what he did over with eddie george's um as as the offensive coordinator over at tennessee state and i do think he brings instant credibility to the program so um, as far as maybe a head coach, I don't know, because, you know, just watching what he did in Cleveland was <laughs> <not good. laughs> one win in what, two seasons. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, he did coach at the Raiders, and I think they went eight and eight that year, and he still got to let go. But, um, I mean, I, I really, I, I like, I actually like the hire there. If he can get the right kind of recruits, I do think that he'll be successful As far as the rest of the swag go it's not even worth mentioning
0: <laughs> right on so man last thing you know that travis hunter i mean that's huge man. i mean that's um jackson state getting that guy and, and there was one thing that um deon said about reason why he, he, he's got it right it's like it's something about where his dad told him like if you never asked the pretty girl you know she'll never say yes um so you know reaching out to people like you know the players like hunter and getting them to say yes is huge. So I you know, I do wonder, you know, if there is some more opportunities for us to go after Hunter. But I know as a coach and as a recruit, you got to be very strategic about going. You know, you could it's one thing to just take a flyer on Hunter and recruit him, and he says yes. But I, I just wonder if we're able to keep this wave going because you have to put a lot of resources into recruiting guys mm-hmm. and you can't whiff on them. You can't whiff mm-hmm. on four or five mm-hmm. stars and then <laughs> not get anything. Uh, as far as you know, as for as what we normally get, so I mean, I'm interested to see how strategic teams will be as far as going after these highly uh touted recruits because we can't whiff, we, we can't miss <laughs> not yeah. at our level.
1: Oh, absolutely. Because if let's say, I mean, let's say if we got a five star recruit and the kid was either constantly injured or you know, the system didn't fit him because maybe, let's say, the kid was a wide receiver. The quarterback couldn't get him the ball, so you never could really see you know that talent on display then. You know, everybody would say, well, see, that's why you shouldn't go there. That's why you shouldn't go there. But my whole thing is I... This is my whole thing. Deion Sanders, well, I said it. Coach was correct with his assessment that if you do not ask the um, pretty girl, then you would never know. But I'm going to go ahead and take this a step further. Only coach could be the person that could ask Travis Hunter to come to Jackson State. Right. I mean, like, I mean, honestly, I mean, and let's keep it real. Fred McNair ain't going to go ask Travis Hunter to come there. You know, um, uh, Daniel Eli, Connell, Manor, maybe Willie, you know, are um, not going to ask that kid you know, to come to uh, their programs. Eric Dewey is not asking that kid to come to their program because, A, they don't have the name recognition of coach, but they have, um, they, uh, they're they just, you know, they're, you know, they don't have the name recognition. So only Dion only coach could do that. Yeah. And um, so I, I'll just take it there. Um, but if you think about this too, though, um, it has to work. And I don't have to say like this. This is going to have to be a long process. This just can't be like everybody just start coming because we have to have a track record with developing these five-star kids. And let me explain. So let's say, right, um, Travis Hunter comes in and does, does very well and, you know, gets a, a pretty – a pretty good draft position, you know, maybe first day or maybe second day. Second day is either, what, second or third round. And other players can say, okay, I could come there to HPC too, and still be able to get a good draft position and education. You know, I mean, if they just want to go there for that, you know, just for draft position, you can still go there. But a coach has to be able to develop that player, so he can get be draftable, and so the players, Dion. Well, I'm sorry, the players' coach now has that are actually going into NFL camps. Now he has to make sure that they get in the camp so that they can have so other recruits can say, okay, he is putting kids into the league. So that's one thing. I um, also like how um, Grambling got that uh, UCLA quarterback Kajia Holloway, and you know, to Grambling, but. He's only a three star though. I mean, they had they got two, uh, three other three stars on the roster with the kid from New York last year who played sparingly, and I think their starting quarterback was a three star too. So. I mean, that's a good thing. And um, the number one JUCO QB, you know, Jamari Jones, he committed to this Mississippi Valley State. (laughs) Now, out of all the HBCU programs, he went to Mississippi Valley State.
0: Lord, have mercy. Hey, they're building something. They're building something They're building.
1: They're definitely building, man. Because I'm sitting here like, whoa, that's amazing. And um, so – I do, but as far as, like, other programs or other Power 5 conferences that are upset about, um, you know, our kids coming to our institutions, you know, you got to understand this. For, for so for a, so long ago, you guys didn't even want our kids playing on your programs. Not until it all it took was Sam Bam Cunningham from USC to run through Bear Bryant's uh, program for everyone to say, "Oh, well, maybe we could get one of them kids on our program, and maybe they could run and do what they do on our program." But this is my thing, you know. These are our young men, and you know, look at them more. It's not just, you know, pieces to your program. You know, these are young, beautiful men who are, you know, they're going to grow up to be, you know, fathers, educators and whatever, you know, whatever it is. And just don't look at them as pieces. You know, it's like, I mean, I know that they're there to enrich university, but these kids, you know, we care about them and, you know, we want them to come back here, too. (laughs) You know, I mean, hell, JMU would want them kids back, you know, or or Richmond would want those kids, too, but, you know, we want our kids back, too. So, I mean, I do hope to see more young men and women you know, um, look towards you know hbcus you know because you know we do have a lot to offer you know trust me hbcus for life man yep. you know and it's not just your life it's your kids like too because you're going to impart that onto your kids and so i think what's going to happen is young man hunter is who's who's coming in to be like you know what he's gonna he's looking around like man this is something and he's like man i got you said, i gotta tell my friends about this and so I just don't want it to be Jackson State just to get everybody. I want to see FAMU get them. I want to see Hampton get them. I mean, Hampton, they, gets, they did get um, some guys, but you know, these are, and not to diminish what Hampton has done, but these are two-star kids, you know, you know some are three stars who come from other programs, but yeah, I want to see it more. So,
0: we'll see. Yeah, yeah he's, I mean, you, you know, for, I would, I would be shocked if it didn't work, uh, this Travis Hunter thing, because uh, you know, he's, he's going to be coached by Deion Sanders. You know, when I used to watch pro football heavily, uh, I mean, he was the best cornerback, uh, cover cornerback ever, and probably still has that, uh, title distinction. So he's going to learn under Deion. And then I just watched some of his high school tape. My God, I mean like you have to screw that up. I mean, that, he's good. You could <laughs> roll him out. He could be a pro, he, you know, he could almost yeah. skip college. That's how good he is. So, You know it's gonna work um you know just you know to keep them injury free and you know and and then find some ways to talk to these kids to make it more of a and so make it less of a cost for us if it doesn't work out if we whiff because like i said we can't whiff we can't we cannot we got to get kids that can come and play so that's good man it'll be interesting i think one last thing i'll say and you mentioned it early on i i just um yeah, I do want to give props out to Eugene and all the coaches and trying to manage this yes. COVID thing um, in real time. So um, I know how hard that job is. And I just want to say, you know, we appreciate all the efforts. And I appreciate the players and everybody, you know, putting themselves at risk, you know, essentially to, to play these games. So um, it's not going unnoticed. And I just want to say appreciate it. And um, everybody uh, be safe, man. Continue to be safe. Yeah. Go Pirates Go Pirates <laughs>